Welcome to the Bird Inn. I'm joined by Joe Goodman. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, and Matt, it is now, we can officially tell the people, it's not just the Bear Den, it's, no. it's the Bear Den presented by the Pigskin Podcast. Yes, we are partnered with the Pigskin Podcast Network, and you know, just have a couple of uh, a couple of different things going on, but we'll be part of their network, and we're super excited to be to join their team. Absolutely, yeah, it's a... Uh... It's it's so uh, so weird to think about that two years ago I got a random DM from you on Twitter and you were like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not? What's the worst yeah. that could happen?" <laughs> this is the worst that could happen, Matt. Now we have to do this for real. People are paying attention. I know, but <laughs> it's a uh, super excited about, especially the girls, people that do listen to it from where we, like you said, where we started, and it was like. You know, like if it's like just our friends listen to it. Um, and now we're more people, more Baylor fans, more college football fans. Um, so yeah, I have exciting a, times. I have a I have a buddy or he's a coworker. Uh he's probably gonna hear this because um he's a Texas fan, right? He went to UT and he listens to this. Like he goes on uh he goes and takes his dog for a walk. And whenever we drop the episodes, he he listens to it because he he supports me and he he actually thinks we're pretty good at it. So I it's crazy. Like we have a Texas fan that listens to it. He likes the Star Wars talk more than the Baylor talk. But hey, so so do we really? Well, I mean, it's really more knowledgeable when we talk Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, we actually we kind of know what we're talking about when we talk about Star Wars. Everything yeah. else, who knows? Um, but Matt, I have uh, besides our 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 wonderful new partners at the Pigskin Podcast Network, I do have a question for you. So this was this was posed to me by a buddy who is an Ohio State fan, actually, okay. um, who also listens to this pod. So just showing our, our diversity of fan bases that listen to the, the Bear Den. Um, he, he wanted he wanted to know our thoughts on with the playoff expanding. So as you guys all know, it's expanding to 12 teams. Um, should the most sacred awards in college football be done after the postseason? specifically the Heisman Trophy. So, I mean, the, the original question was like holistically that the, the grand awards that are presented or at least voted on um, prior to bowl season, you know, like the, the Bolitnikoff or the Mackey or the Thorpe, um, you know, the awards for the best player at each position. And then, of course, the mother of them all, the Heisman Trophy um, awarded to the most outstanding player in college football in a given year. Um, now that there's going to be 12 teams in the playoff, Matt, do you think that they should switch that format and have the voting after the postseason so that the impact of what a player does um, possibly in that playoff or during bowl season is measured towards his ability to win that award? So I thought about this and I think of those as regular season awards. Right. So like the Heisman is like the best player, most, you know, outstanding player in the regular season. And so I, I, my inclination is to go just keep it like how they do it in between regular season and postseason. I wholeheartedly agree. I don't think you have a 2011 Heisman Trophy winner in Robert Griffin, the yeah. third, if the postseason would have been because that team wouldn't have made a 12 team playoff probably. No. Um they, they were electric in that Alabama championship Bowl. team. Yeah. They they were not they were not a championship level team 
And if you then start including the postseason, somebody people are going to fall in love with like the darling quarterback that's on um, a team that makes a nice little playoff run. I agree with you. I think it. I think it's a regular season award. Everything that happens after the regular season, that's about the championship. The awards are about what you did during your 12 game slate. Yeah. And, and I would, I would keep it that way, even with the expansion of the playoff. Cause you could have a player that just gets like really hot during like the postseason run. Right. May have had like maybe a, a mediocre regular season on a good team and then just goes off and has like a, a couple strings, a couple of like amazing games together but he wasn't necessarily the most outstanding player throughout the year. Right. I agree. I, yeah, I, I fully agree with the, I, I like the way that the system is the postseason is the postseason. The awards are about what happened during the season. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a good, like the NFL does this great where they have like their whole like league year set up and the date. So like pretty much you could follow NFL 12 months because they have it to where they have like, Right now we're in the playoffs, going to Super Bowl. Then we're immediately going to go into draft prep. And then you go into, you know, the league year starts in March. And so it's like, then you have the NFL draft. So it's, I think of it like that to where it's a good to have like the college football year set up where regular season ends. We go into our, like our awards, you know, in between, then you start the playoff and then, you know, culminating in the championship. Yeah, I agree. Cause then, then that's where you get a lot of fun where it can be, you know, the Heisman trophy winner you know, is playing in this game, that, that kind of thing. Well, you may or, have you know, like, it could be multiple awards. Like you have a Heisman and Blitnikoff, like Doak Walker winner, like all these different like awards they give out for, for um, postseason awards. Um, They could all maybe teams maybe in the playoffs. So you may have the Heisman winner and the Blitnikoff in the same game. Right. Yeah. And like I think the best linebacker the or the, the um, Jim Thorpe award winners on the opposite side, you know? So would you say that you're advocating for a hard schedule of events? Yeah, I think NFL does that amazing. I like, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Now, it's we're talking about the college football. They've, with the playoff, the 14 playoff, they've proven that they they don't want like a hard schedule of events. They want like to make like a, um, they want it to be like a big event. So like, that's why they do the whole like, New Year's Eve games, which is stupid in my opinion, but they don't, they're not going to hold to it from what I've seen to having like a hard schedule of events. Well, I would go we'll the other see way. as that moves forward, but you know where there is now officially a hard schedule of events. That Was would there be, some news today? Yeah, that would be the, the big 12 conference has a hard schedule of events uh, for 2023, Matt. We were yes. promised the end of January, and at 1 p.m. on January 31st, uh, we officially got to see what the Big 12 schedule would be for football in 2023. Yes, we did. Um, so I was interested to get your what, – what jumped out at you first, overall, not just specifically Baylor, but overall for the, uh, for the Big 12 schedule as a whole? Not specifically Baylor, Big, uh, Big 12 overall. Uh, the first thing that stuck out to me was – um, Texas and Oklahoma did not get the short end of the stick that I kind of expected them to get. Um, I think, I think a lot of people were waiting to see them have to travel, you know, like do BYU one week and then, and then at UCF the next week, that kind of thing. I thought that 
overall across the board it was a pretty fair and balanced schedule there's you know some teams could complain about the the home schedule that they got maybe they didn't get the the hottest or the coolest games uh, you know i think oklahoma fans are probably not too happy about their home slate um but yeah overall like i don't think i don't think ou and texas were left out to dry um, like any of us expected to, I, I do like how well they were able to integrate all four of the new schools. Um, I think each of them is getting some cool home games and some cool away games and opportunities for, for their fans to see, you know, all the, the big boys um, in the big 12 conference. The funny enough, the one that actually stuck out to me the most when I did my first kind of glance over um, the schedule to kind of see like, Hey, where's something I noticed that seems that will suck for that team. Um, and that was actually on BYU schedule on at the, the last game of October, October 28th. And then the first game of November, November 4th, BYU goes to Texas on the 28th. And then the very next week goes to West Virginia. So they have, they have back to back extra long travel games. Um, and then two weeks before that, um, they go to TCU. So they have three out of four games on the road where they're going, to Dallas, to Austin, to Morgantown. So they've got um, pretty much from from mid-October to early November, they're, they're going to be racking up some frequent flyer miles. So I'm interested to see how that affects BYU. Um, and I think they kind, of, they kind of got a bust there. What about you? Was there anything that when you first saw, first saw this drop on, on the Big 12 Twitter account today, what was, what was the thing that caught your eye? So um, Texas Tech, has a brutal start as far as like they play, they don't get a bye week till like week nine. So they're playing, they're like them Wyoming. and TCU have the late bye weeks. Yeah. So they have like, they start off with on the road to, they go to Wyoming, they get Oregon and Charleston state at home, travel to West Virginia, Houston at home, Baylor, K state at home, travel to Provo. Then they get a bye. Yeah. It's, I mean, when they do fun. go, like they're going to Wyoming, to West Virginia, and to Provo. That's a lot of that's a lot of long flights from Lubbock. Maybe not so much from Lubbock to Provo and Wyoming, but you're going all the way to West Virginia, the other side of the country. On the other side of that coin, uh, Kansas State and Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State for the second straight year, they got they got screwed on the other end of the bye week where their bike comes in week five. So yeah. then they play eight straight games to close out the year, each of yeah. them. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, they have, they both have, I think, yeah, away games um, in the second last game of the year. So that you're going to be on your seventh straight week and you've got to go, Kansas State goes to Kansas, sort of an away game, but then Oklahoma State has to come down to Houston. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that, how that, works out for them i think that really affected oklahoma state this year they i think they 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 seemed really beat up and gassed at the end of the year and having that early bye week affects you but man yeah i didn't even notice the tech and tcu got they eight straight games to start the year wow yeah and then um i mean texas home schedules they kind of have a point so you get rice wyoming kansas byu Kansas State and Texas Tech to finish the season. Yeah, and and Oklahoma's great. Oklahoma's wasn't much more fun either. They have no. Arkansas State, SMU, Iowa State, Central Florida, West Virginia, and TCU. Um, 
not a whole lot that moves the needle for them. And uh, there is, they're only playing one team at home this year and it's Iowa state. They have been in a conference with for an extended for more than 13 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cause they have, they've only been Weren't they in, in the a big eight. With- Were they in the big eight Iowa state? Yeah. Iowa state was in the big eight before the big 12. So yeah. So like, that's the that's the only team with any fan, you know, like a long history. And it's not like no offense to Iowa State. I don't think Oklahoma looks at Iowa State as so like, yeah, they've been playing for against each other for a long time, but Oklahoma doesn't care about Iowa State. So yeah, yeah. it's it's not a great year for season ticket holders in Austin and Norman. Um, it is though a wonderful year to be a season ticket holder in Waco. I think of all the schedules from the Big 12. It's hard to find a better one than than Baylor's. Yeah, we get eight home, eight games. home games. Yeah. Which is the most of anyone in the Big 12. Yeah, I think I, a couple I, of I'm sevens. counting right now. I, nobody else has more than seven. Yeah, there's a couple of sevens, and most of people have six. But no one else has eight. Yeah, and part of that, I will say, is we have all three non-cons at home, whereas... Almost, no, literally every other team in the Big 12 plays at least one road non-con game. We do not. We will next year. We will go to Utah yeah. next year. But You're we right. Have- Our three non-cons were pre-scheduled already, so we knew we were doing, you know, because we had a two-and-one with Texas State. They're going to come back to Waco. You already had that game scheduled for. It's a one-and-one with Utah. And then we added uh, Long Island as our third non-con. So, and that's just a, a one-off for them so yeah so what that does mean though is that we have eight this year it means we will likely have six next year because what's happening is there's nine conference games so some teams got five some teams got four at home and so it's going to be it's going to be flip-flop so you get five home games one year four home games the next year so it's going to be switched also because we're not going to have as many teams right but i still think we'll probably have four we'll have four conference games at home next year and then we will go to Utah. So like two home games that we have this year will be flipped next year. So next year it'll be six. So enjoy the eight that we have. We are back to odd years being the beneficial years for Baylor. Yeah. Now, do you think they'll just scrap it and do a complete whatever? Cause I'm presuming that Texas, OU you're going to not be here for the 24, 25 season. I agree. And we'll I have go no to idea what they're going to do, though, if it's going to be pods or if it's going to be two six-team divisions. I don't know what it'll be, but I still it'll still be nine conference games. I know that much. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens, but I would expect next year to be a six-home game year, so enjoy the eight that you have. Now, Matt, out of uh, – I'll start with – I'll start with the home games. Which home game on the schedule are you circling to be just – the most excited about? Um, honestly, it's probably game two. I mean, you're talking That's about the Pac-12, yeah, two-time Pac-12 champ coming to Waco. And when was the last time, because I, I, I legitimately don't remember, when was the last time we played a Power 5 team in non-con? Was it Washington State? Like in... What was that like 2010? Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm thinking of. I that's the last one I can remember. I I'm we may have played one since then, but 
I don't think so. I think he was Washington state and that was either Oh nine or 10. I think it was 10 um, that we had them in Waco. So this is the, we went through a very long period of uh, with Ian McCaw and Art Bryles as the coach of having a philosophy of scheduling cupcakes in the non-con um, just to, to gather those wins. And you have those contracts set so far out that it takes a while to get that reset. So when Mac Rhodes um, and Matt rule um, followed by Dave Aranda came in, like there was a different philosophy of what should be done in the non-con. And that's where we started getting these schedules where we just had a home and home with BYU. Now we have a home and home with Utah. After this, we have home and home scheduled with both Auburn and Oregon. Um, so we've got, uh, we've got some fun that's that's coming up in the schedule it's there's going to be at least one game in non-con that we can all get excited about it's not going to be just texas state albany and you know northwestern state anymore so it looks like it was oh nine we played wake forest oh nine wake forest that's right that was riley skinner i want to say washington state may have been oh eight yeah okay maybe that was oh eight yes that is correct we did play wake forest in oh nine we also played wake forest in oh eight yeah. That was Robert Griffin's very first game. Wake Forest. Wow. That was the last Power Five team you played. Man. Oh. Okay. So I agree with you there. Utah is, Utah is probably the one that I'm circling to be excited about. Um, Big 12 slate, though. Home games, we've got Texas, Texas Tech, Iowa State, U of H, and West Virginia. If you only, you know, could have one game of those to go to, or the one that you're maybe you're most intrigued by, which one is it? You said UH. Yep, we have UH at home. Okay, uh, probably Texas Tech, just from okay. the familiarity between the staffs. We won big at Lubbock this past year, and so it'd be like Joey coming back to. Waco for the first time since he left. So that's an intriguing matchup. That was one I thought about. Texas is the easy answer because they're Texas. Texas is easy. But it's probably the last time we played Texas in Waco yep. for sure. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely the last time we played Texas in Waco. Um, but honestly, the one that I keep looking at is U of H. It's the one home game of the four newbies that we get because we go on the road to Cincinnati and USA and UCF. We don't play BYU. Um, so it's like the one taste in Waco we get of the new guys. Plus, U of H is only three hours away. They're not an amazing traveling fan base. They're not a very big fan base really at all. Yeah, um, I was going to ask about that. I didn't know if they had like, because the, the knock on them like from, you know, really honestly like stuck up Power 5 fans is like it's a commuter school. So yeah, I, I mean, they've gotten the better. Actually um, was. When they built their new stadium, they got a little bit better. They have a Rena Couture's their school president. She's amazing. Um, and she's very, very passionate about getting that athletic program uh, going uh, as well as the academic side of things. She's an amazing school president that they have there. Um, they also have a very huge power power donor in Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, multi-billionaire kind of guy, um, uh, sits on their board of regents and is basically the, the checkbook that they have to pay for everything. And he's been fighting for U of H to be um, included in into the big boy table of college football for a long time now. Uh, but they're very fair weather. They're very fickle. Um, they do have a, like a small group of, of diehards, but 
it's it's not big. It'll be interesting to see what happens now that they're in the Big 12. But I can tell you, you know, I was I worked part time when they were opening that stadium um, to help them get some stuff set up when they were when they were opening that stadium. When I was still working in that industry, I had a buddy that worked there. He brought me in. I helped him out with some stuff. And I can tell you, like being on that campus, you would still see kids wearing AM shirts or UT shirts. Um, so there's it, it, there's definitely a commuter aspect to it. But the younger generation that's there, I think, is a little bit more into the sports side. Um, they've done some cool renovations on the basketball side. They do have a, a pretty decent following in basketball. But football wise, they're still not packing the place. Um, all that said, I wouldn't be surprised to see a decent amount of red in Waco because that's going to be an easy, um, an easy away game for them to go to. If if they if they have a group of fans that's sitting there saying we want to go to a Big Twelve stadium this year, our first year in the Big Twelve, which one do we pick? Yeah, pick the one that's only three hours away. That's 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 my guess. So it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some U of H fans around. So I've kind of circled that one. Plus. My dad went to U of H. He's a U of H fan. So he's already texted me and said, I want to go to the game in Waco. So I'm taking my dad. I mean, looking at that November slate. So like you said, we have U of H. We go to Manhattan for Kansas State. TCU in Fort Worth. And then you finish up at home with West Virginia. Which So it's that's a pretty manageable last four games of the season, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the way the schedule lays out in the first place, you've got five out of six at home, at home. Yeah, then smart. a bye, and then it's three and three. So it's 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 a yeah. pretty balanced schedule. Now, that said, in that first six, the first thing that I looked for when this schedule came out uh, that I didn't want to see, I immediately saw on Baylor's schedule, which was I have no desire in the first year of the Big 12 to play at UCF and Baylor is playing at UCF. Yeah. Um, that place, Matt. Uh, so I don't know how much you know about, about them. I will make fun of them in basketball all day. I have respect for their football program and I have respect for their football fans. Their stadium is called the Balance House. That's for a reason because they literally jump up and down. Their student section goes crazy in that place. Makes like I've seen the videos where they're underneath the student section and like the rebar and all the stuff that's that's holding the stadium together is like bending up and down. Um, it is a raucous, raucous place to play when it's packed. And I have a feeling that every single home game they play this year in the Big 12 is going to be similar to what we saw when we went to BYU last year. Um, if not crazier. And I, I wanted no piece of having to be on their home schedule their first year in the power five. Unfortunately, that's what we drew. Yeah. And which we're their first home big 12 opponent. Yeah. We're their first home big 12 game. I mean, they go to Kansas state the week before, but, but yeah, like this is the first one that's in their house. So yeah. it's going to be, they're going to be jacked up and, and be excited. They play they're the only home games they have before us are Kent State and Villanova. So we're not just their first conference home game. We are their first like legitimate fans are excited to be going to the game home game. First you have Power 5 home game, yeah. Yeah. So that is going to be that's a that is a watch out for this one. Guys, you better be ready. Yeah, I mean, we go, like, that's one. We also travel to Cincinnati, like, a few weeks after that. 
Yes. We get a buy before that, but I and was kind of disappointed that we didn't have BYU game. back on the schedule. I understand I mean, we played them two years in a row, so maybe they didn't want to put them on Baylor's schedule. But that's that's what I was thinking is Baylor has already played a home and home with BYU. There's nothing like there's no there's nothing new gained for the fan bases there. So give, you know, give BYU other folks and give other folks the opportunity. Well, so yeah, to give Cincinnati BYU. those games, give give UCF those games, you know, um, and Houston, of course. But it, it looks like we did keep. Like a lot of the Texas school play each other like like UT, they only. They only leave the state twice. Right. They go They go to Alabama and what, Iowa? Yeah, they go to Iowa. And we only leave the state three times. So it's like. We yeah, whereas to- West Virginia goes to Pennsylvania, Texas, Texas, Florida, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> we go to Florida, we go to Ohio, and we go to Kansas. Yeah. Um, Texas Tech goes to Wyoming, West Virginia, Utah, uh, and Kansas. Yeah. So, yeah, there is there is some travel in this, which we knew was coming. Um, we, we knew this was coming yeah. because... We have a spread out uh, league. Yeah, it, it's a spread out league. Did you look at Houston's schedule? Their first, their first, um, like, their first five games of the year. Well, I looked at the first... I looked at their opening game. So it's 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 basically like a a a bastardized version of the Southwest Conference because they they don't leave Texas in their first five games and they play two road games. They got they've got and in fact one of those road games they don't even leave Houston because they've got uh, UTSA at home. Then they go to Rice, which is a thirty minute drive, um, maybe forty five minutes in traffic. Um, so they go to Rice, then TCU at home, Sam Houston State at home, then to Lubbock. Uh, so I mean, they don't leave the state, Texas, but, Texas, 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 Texas. They don't leave of. the state, but twice either. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, West Virginia is at home. They go to Kansas and Florida. Yeah, those yeah. are the only two times they leave. They have a pretty, but I mean, I will say this: like, there's a good chance, like they, they could start pretty rough. Yeah, they could. It, it is intriguing, though. Like, they could. They could be four and zero. Because, I mean UTSA. That's a. That's not a. That's not an easy out. No, but they. T- Houston was not good last year and still beat UTSA. And UTSA is not going to be as good as they were last year. Um, they should be able to beat Rice. TCU could be an upset game because we. Who knows what TCU is going to be next year? They could be great. They could be very bad. I don't. I don't know without Doug. Who's playing quarterback at TCU? Who's uh? Yeah, yeah who's playing quarterback? Is who's their does, star wide does, receiver? Who's the does, running back? Does Kendall Bryles work? I don't know. But I mean, that's kind of a toss-up game. And then Sam Houston State—that's a—that's a an, an FCS team. So you expect U of H to beat them. So they could be four and zero going into Lubbock for a little bit, and then Sam and then just about to immediately be, fall apart. I mean, Sam Houston's about to be Conference USA. So that's true. So yeah, it's it's an intriguing schedule. We will—I I think we should save any any win-loss predictions for later in the year. We've got yeah. It is January thirty-first. We don't play a game until September second. We have we don't know who's playing quarterback months. for Baylor. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we don't we don't we don't have any clue on what's going to happen. So we will save we will save any kind of predictions, you know, and and we'll probably do it a couple of times and change our answers, and that way, 
um, we'll have every variant of Baylor winning or losing this year. That way uh, we can always point to us being right at some point. Um, the best way yeah, we'll hold off on that for now. But yeah, excited about the schedule. Send us a note on Twitter. Uh, what, what do you think? Um, you know, what do you think of the schedule? Let us know on uh, at the Bear Den pod on Twitter. Um, any questions that you have or um, if you're planning on traveling to any of uh, Baylor's road games this year, let us know. It's also interesting that like we noticeably are going to miss both Oklahoma schools. Yeah. Uh, and we were probably done playing Oklahoma forever now. Yeah. And then no Kansas, which has been like a typical, you know, you kind of chalk that up as a, as a win most years. I mean, they were good last year. Baylor still defeated them in a, in a down year. So that's kind of like, even when one and 11, we would beat Kansas. So that's gone. Yeah, that was kind of the trade-off I bet for having eight home games was you didn't get Kansas. Yeah, and um, I guess that was the biggest thing. It was just like the, I'm, I'm surprised we were not playing Oklahoma State. I am too, but there'll be plenty of time for that later. And I, I am happy that we're playing all of the Texas schools. Yeah, I am too. It makes so. it. I mean, there's, I mean. I would Baylor, have traded West Virginia for Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, really, cool. if you just wanted to, if you wanted to hit all the games, aside from two or three, you, you mean, you're in, you're, you stay in the state of Texas. Yeah. I mean, so that's a pretty, pretty easy for like fans to get to games, no matter you know, if you're if you reside in Texas, no matter where you're at, you could you could make it to pretty much the majority of the games. Yeah, if you are if you are the the away game type of person, I mean, there's either some great destinations uh, as well, plus Fort Worth. Like, yeah. if you wanted to go to all the home games, and then you live in the Dallas area, like you could go to nine Baylor games this year, and yeah. not have to like leave your your the the Dallas Waco area. For sure. No, that little two hour circle of space. So yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting. We've been waiting on this for a long time. I think it was probably anticlimactic for a lot of people um, because it didn't have the, the, the drama of screwing over OU and UT into it, but I was excited that it dropped um, and really, really just, just ready to, to get to football season. Um, But Matt, while we wait for football season to come, um, there is another sport being played right now, which is basketball. Yes. Um, so I was able to go to the men's basketball when they played Arkansas, the fourth part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Um, that was a great game. You know, they Arkansas is a very physical team, very long. And Musselman's gave, a great coach. Yeah. And they gave Baylor a lot of problems. Baylor was able to, you know, get out with the win. Um, and then last night they played Texas in Austin and dropped their first game after winning six consecutive. What, um, to me, that it looked obviously that Baylor was fatigued. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, they they had a good long break between the Kansas and Arkansas games, but that Kansas game, they I think they laid it all out there. And 
I don't know what their practice schedule looks like, but they didn't even look a hundred percent to me in the Arkansas game. And they, that was a dog fight of a game. Arkansas came to play. They weren't intimidated. Um, they weren't afraid of the big 12 style of play. Um, and, and they've played us recently, right? Like we played them in the NCAA tournament when we won yeah, the like national two championship. Ago. Yeah. Um, so they, they know, right. They, they get it. Um, they had every chance to win that game. We were able to pull it out. Um, but that was, it was a physical game. And then to turn around and have to go on the road in Austin on one day's rest against a team that's ranked higher than you, um, a team that's really started to play well. I know they did not play well against Tennessee, but I think that might've worked their advantage a little bit where they weren't in a dog fight for 40 minutes. It was they kind of, you know, they tried, but they weren't going to win that game. Um, so I think they were probably a little bit better rested. Plus you add in that this team didn't have Langston love. Um, and Fran Fraschilla said it over and over in the game. It felt like we should have been down by like 14. Yeah. Um, but we, you'd look up and we were down by four or two. Uh, they well, kept it felt it like close. that when I was watching it, it felt like that for sure. Yeah. You, you just, you felt like you were waiting for the bottom to fall out of this, but at the, but you're sitting there going like, we, could we actually win? Like, this is weird. Um, and you kept waiting for the lid to come off the basket for the shooting to return. Um, it didn't. And that's, that's what I've said about this team. We're going to go as far as our, our one-on-one shooting takes us. That's the, it's the offense we run. We have three extremely talented shooting guards in Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer, and Keontae George. What we don't have is an extremely talented point guard. And I think that's, I think that's a fatal flaw of this team in the way it's, it's structured. Um, I believe Drew thought that Flagler could get it done. And then if it wasn't him, then it would kind of be a, a, a facilitator by committee. Uh, but each of these guys is so much better when they have somebody else that can facilitate for them. And then they take it off the dribble every once in a while. But what's ended up happening is uh, for lack of a better term, a little bit of hero ball um, I would say is out there where, um, guys are just trying to be like, okay, let's see, is this three going to go in? I'm going to take over now. I'm going to take over now. And it's worked at times. Like we saw LJ Cryer. He's gone off a couple of times. We've seen Adam Flagler go off. We've seen Keontae George in the second half of games take over and win a game for us. Um, but it has to happen for that to win you games. And so when you have stuff like what happened in most of the, most of the game against Arkansas and the entire game against Texas is, that dude just never showed up out of those three. And uh, when that happens, you're going to have tight games and you're going to have losses. So interested to see how Scott drew adjusts with this moving forward. If there's any change to the offense or if this is just who we are. Yeah. I mean, we got to figure out the like shooting because just the last three games, the ones we've been talking about, like it, it has been pretty bad. I mean, we're talking, we shot 37% against Kansas from the field, 30% from the three, 33.9% against Arkansas from the field, 33 also from the from the three-point line. And then last night shot 36 from the field and 30% from the from the three-point line. So it's like that com- comparatively Texas shot 47% field goal percentage. Yeah. And there's you know, so many times where they go down the court and I'm like, why? Why did you why did you shoot that? Yeah, it's um, like you have we, we go down the court and we have no plan. Right. 
Or it's, I, you know, I, I really wonder if the plan is like, hey, you, if you're one of the guards and you have the ball in your hand, you, you call it what you want. And the guy just decides like, all right, I want to, I, I can, I can hit this. And, and then they yeah. don't. The other thing that's really bothered me is, you know, and I, I don't want to, I'm not a basketball coach, but I, I, I wonder if we are aware that when you get an offensive rebound, you can just reset your offense because there was probably four or five times against Texas where we got an offensive rebound and somebody just jacked up a mid range where it's, you get 20 seconds, like take it back up to the top of the key and, and run yeah. your offense again. You can, you don't have to take a contested shot immediately after an offensive rebound, just cause you got the ball back. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, I think those are things that they'll see on tape and fix. And they, they have another long week of preparation heading into Saturday. Um, they've got, a couple of what? Are, what do we have up? It's Texas Tech and 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 um, Texas Tech, and um, I think was Oklahoma State, I West Virginia. Know. That's who it is. Um, Texas Tech and West Virginia. So those are two of the easier games on the slate. Get some rest this week. Watch both some the, tapes. Both at home. So like, yeah, and then go in, win your next two, um, and then and then move forward from there. Take a deep breath. Um, I think this team will be fine. Again, I, I don't think this is a championship team, um, but I'd love to see this team make a, a sweet 16 or an elite eight. I think, I think they're more than capable of doing that. Yeah. Also, I think it's obvious. Also, like we miss like um, Jonathan Chama Chachua a lot. Very much. Yeah. Cause our, our we don't we have, have, we have no very... post depth. We just, we don't have post depth. Uh, Ojan Wuna is going to get there. I'm excited a, about the player. He's yeah, going to be. He's a freshman. And he's probably been playing basketball for like three years. Yeah, he has not been playing for very long. And um, Caleb Lohner has shown at times to me that he can be a good player. But I feel like a lot of that is after he's been in the game for a few minutes. And sometimes he doesn't reach that point to where he gets into the flow. Um, so, yeah. One thing I noticed about him, I've seen him recently at, in person, is that he it's like he has no body control. He's like he, a lot of times he's, he's very like, Matthew Mayer in that. And that's he's just so like he's like flailing about and like, goodness gracious. Nothing is fluid when looking at it like, but legs are flying uh, out, to be honest arms. with you, I think that's a plus for a guy like him, though, because it he throws his weight around. I think what I really what I really have seen from him is that he has just not gotten into the it takes him a minute to get into the rhythm of the game. Um, and that can be difficult for a guy coming off the bench. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how he improves moving forward, but yeah, I agree. I think if you brought Jonathan Chamo Chachua and maybe like a point guard of some kind onto this team, um, it would be a very, very scary group, but missing a couple pieces, maybe 2024, you know, I, that 2024 is really the year that I'm, I'm kind of pointing to. Oh, cause we have, I mean, yeah. Like I think Langston Love will still be here. And, and just, Ojan Wuna is going to be grown up. Ojan Wuna will be here. Um, it's just what aggravates me is like when I see like our bigs, like they, it seems like they have no, like they don't go up with like strength. It's like to me, it's like, well, they're very. God, could you imagine if we had soft. Corey Jefferson on this team? Yeah. Like that's what I keep oh thinking about is, man, I wish Corey Jefferson was here. Like to me, thinking like someone who has never been 6'10 and 250 is like, if, if, I, I would be like, you couldn't stop me going up to put back a shot. Like you're not, blo- you may foul me, but you're not blocking my shot. 
Now we're, we're we're focusing on some of the downsides here, but uh, Baylor did win Saturday against Arkansas. Another Baylor basketball team also won on Saturday, but by much much more points than the Baylor men's team did. That's the women's team. They went into Lubbock, and as we mentioned last week, uh, Texas Tech was celebrating the 30th anniversary of um, their. Uh, 1993 women's national championship team. I, I, I still believe that's the only team national championship in Texas tech history. Um, so they were, they were celebrating that team um, honored those players, brought them back. So just like uh, in football season, when they chose the Baylor game to honor Patrick Mahomes and we went in there and kicked their ass Baylor and women's basketball went up to Lubbock and won by 20 points. Yeah, as, as a definitely a needed win for um, Nikki Collins' crew. And it was a big win. You go on the road and win by 20, that's a big win, no matter who you're playing. Yeah, and and especially especially that night. That stadium was ready to rock. They were ready to go. And Baylor had lost three or four. We talked about it last week. You know, they had lost to Texas, West Virginia, and Oklahoma State. The only win in that little four-game four span was against Kansas State, who's at the bottom of the conference. So being able to go in, Grab a win against Texas Tech. Um, you know, that's a kind of a get right game. Um, but you did it. You didn't you, you didn't you didn't have to work too hard. Like you went in there and you dominated them. You showed that you were the better team. Um, yeah, you really rained on their parade. Um, and now you kind of you kind of get right again. You're only two game, two wins away from first place in the conference. Um, you win your next game, you're only one game off the lead, probably. So you know, just like last year when everybody thought the sky was falling, take a deep breath. There's still plenty of plenty of games left to play and plenty of opportunity for this team to to pull out um, a conference championship yet again. Absolutely. And speaking of Texas Tech and Patrick Mahomes, did you pay any attention to any of the uh, the NFL games going on this past weekend, the championship games? So I missed. I missed the NFC game. I saw like the very, very end of it. Um, and I, I watched in the background, the AFC championship game. Uh, but I spent all day Saturday watching the big 12 SDC challenge. So I, my wife allowed me to do that. Like didn't bug me and, and didn't make me do a bunch of chores or anything. And, and did really was amazing and, and, and kept the baby entertained. So Sunday was more of the day where I had to, I had to sacrifice watching football to to make sure I got laundry done and doing the dishes and grocery shopping and all that good stuff. So um, I I didn't watch it as intently as I possibly could. I have I have seen some fun complaining on Twitter around both games, um, but it's I'm excited. I'm excited for the Super Bowl matchup as we've got two big 12 quarterbacks in there. Yeah. Two Big Twelve quarterbacks. Now I have seen some back and forth between OU and Alabama about who gets to claim Jalen Hurts. They both do. What's your That's thought? You answer. think they both do? See, I'm I kind of lean towards it's the the last school you attended because like like I think of even though Joe Burrow has a degree from Ohio State, um, he's like to me he's permanently linked with LSU. Yeah, but he never played. See, for me, it's did you get, you know, where did you get playing time? Jalen Hurts 
played a ton of football at Alabama and he played a very solid full season as the starting quarterback at Oklahoma. So it's not like, it's not like a Joe Burrow situation where he transferred because he wanted to play, you know, like Jalen hurts transferred because they were ready to move on from him to somebody else. And they weren't quite sure that he was the right quarterback to fit, to lead them where they wanted to go. Um, and, and he, he kind of moved out of the way. I don't believe he was forced out. You know, he could have stayed there if he wanted to, but in a Jalen hurts situation, I think they both can claim him. Like I look at the same with Russell Wilson. The guy played a ton of football at NC state transferred to Wisconsin for a year, played great at Wisconsin for one year. I don't think that erases all of the stuff that he did at NC State. Just like yeah, I don't but think you during whenever he was winning Super Bowls, I didn't see a lot of NC State saying built by the Wolfpack. You know, it was he was a Wisconsin quarterback. That's because they're not good at marketing. But I I don't have any issue with it. Like it would be stupid to me if Ohio State fans were claiming Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow never went out and did anything for you on the field. It's all about what they did on the field. Like that's kind of like. Know, Remember, like back whenever A and M joined the the SEC, and something would happen where they were talking about a player who played exclusively for Big Twelve when A and M was in Big Twelve, and they'd say like SEC legend when like he never played in the SEC. It yeah, kinda, that's what I'm talking about. If you never played, then you can't claim him. If you did play, then yeah, you can. Like and you you benched him in the biggest game of his college career. Yeah, because he wasn't playing great. Yeah, if he doesn't go to Oklahoma, he doesn't get drafted. He's not in this position. If Matt Meyer becomes an NBA MVP, are you going to claim him? No. Why? <laughs> he left because, well, I'll say it, this especially thing. in his situation, when the only reason he didn't come back is because we didn't have a roster spot for him because we thought he was going into the draft and then decided last minute not to, and we'd already replaced him with Loner. Like, would he you, wasn't if, if Jarrett Stidham wins a Super Bowl or makes a Super Bowl, would you say built by Baylor? I don't Baylor think he legend. played here enough. Again, it's about how much they played at each place. Yeah. Jarrett Stidham was largely a backup Baylor. at Baylor. Stidham he didn't played. start here for three years. Jalen Hurts started at Alabama for multiple seasons. He did start games though, Baylor. Yeah, he started a couple of games for us. The other part of Jared Sidham is he wanted to not play for us so bad that he sat out a year of football just working out at MCC. Hey, there's a difference. All of us have had had to have a semester. Yeah, I have I have no issue with both Alabama and Oklahoma claiming him whatsoever. Zero issue with it at all. Like if Drew Estrada wants to claim, like where did he go? Cornell, right? That's where he no, came from. No, it was like it was like Dartmouth. Dartmouth. That's what it was. You're right. Something Dartmouth. Like I knew it. it was an Ivy League school. Like, yeah, dude, you went to Dartmouth. Awesome. You're a Dartmouth person and you're a Baylor Bear. Great. Alabama's far from Ivy League school. And when it comes to college Academic. football, they're the most Ivy League of college football. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> to the Super Bowl. We, that was a tangent. Off well, of was, was it like, so like, do you think Jalen Hurd like claims Tennessee still or Baylor? Or let me say this. If Jalen Hurd ever was like a good NFL player. I think Jalen Hurd, I think Jalen Hurd personally doesn't, I think he left Tennessee because, because he did not like the staff there and stuff. But I guarantee you, if 
things had gone well in the NFL for him, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee fans had claimed him and I wouldn't have faulted him. For oh, it. No, of course. I mean, I don't I expect all the SC schools to do the same thing. And we, everybody should, if, if a guy contribute, if you rooted for a guy at your school, you know, it's one thing if you didn't root for him or there was a bad taste in your mouth or whatever, but if you rooted for the guy at your school, then root for him when he's not at your school. I don't care. Yeah. I was going to say Josh Gordon, but like, I don't think Josh Gordon, like he went to other schools. I don't think he played anywhere else. He played at Colorado state. Did he really? Did he play? I believe so. I don't know. I can't remember. But anyway. He's a Baylor Bear. For better or for worse, he's a Baylor Bear. He's a Baylor Bear, baby. (laughs) Well, with all that being said, Joe, we do have our two teams set up to match, right? And as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, we have our – we're part of the Piskin Podcast Network. And with that comes a sponsorship through the network. partnership that we have. Partnership with – DraftKings, and since we do have the stage set we're counting down to the battle in arizona there's no better way to get ready for the nfl action than with the DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of super bowl 57 new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 and free bets instantly plus all new and existing customers can take a shot at even a bigger payout with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. When you, when you were living in Louisiana, um, how often would you would you participate in like Super Bowl betting? Uh, very often, because since when it became legal in Louisiana, I was all about it. Um, and so, like, especially for football, mostly during football season, uh, every weekend I was making bets what what was your favorite like uh what was your favorite prop bet because that's my favorite thing about super bowl betting is the prop bets um mostly i would do yardage prop bets what do you what are your what's your favorite my favorite they're called the novelty prop bets on DraftKings. if you go to DraftKings website and you look up the super bowl there's 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 a, a spot called Novelty props. Now, there's tons of different ways that you can bet on DraftKings for the Super Bowl. Uh, but my favorite for a very long time has always been Gatorade color. So what is the color of the Gatorade poured on the head of the winning coach? What do you think? What do you think the favorite is, is, is for the Gatorade? You have color? to go with like red, right? Red is close. Red is as the fourth best odds, actually. Um, red and pink are plus 450 on DraftKings. The 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 highest odds that you've got is purple at plus 750. Um, I would say the, red or blue. The blue is third. So okay. second is yellow or green. And then um, the the favorite for color of the first Gatorade poured on the head of the winning coach is orange. Orange is the orange is the favorite. So, like, personally, like, orange is my favorite of the Gatorades, followed by, like, the lemon-lime flavor. So, Matt, I don't know what this means, but there is a novelty prop on DraftKings as well for octopus. And it's just, will there be an octopus? I, 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 need, to, I need to look more into this one to see. Is, it is there... Like- 
Is it okay? So it's in Arizona. Is there like some octopus themed Arizona? I mean, I've seen like octopus at hockey games. I don't know about this one. Will there be an? It just says, "Will there be an?" That's octopus? what. That's a Super Bowl prop bet. Yeah, for an octopus. Yeah, so it's, between, it's between it's um, between team to make first coaches challenge and will a kick hit an upright or crossbar? Um, is will there be an octopus? So I'm wondering if it's like at the uh, in the in the halftime show or something. I don't know. Or maybe a commercial. But that is. That is the the amazing things that you can bet on in DraftKings is will there be an octopus there? So absolutely check it out. Matt, when the people go on there, is there like a promo code or anything that they can use? Yeah, definitely download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TPPN. Um, new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. And do remember out there, there are minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply void in Ohio. And you can see our show notes for further details. So, all right, Matt, what is next on the, okay. So that's pretty much all of our sports content, Baylor content, big 12 content Um, to the good stuff. Now you're going to be mad at me. No, you still haven't watched. I still haven't watched. I mean, we got like Mark Moore's watching it in a hotel room on a business trip. We got everyone talking about it in the Our Daily Bears Discord on the movies and TV section. And you still haven't watched it. I, so I was telling you before we started recording that last week at work was my hell week. So every three, every three months, I have a hell week where we have to essentially plan for the next three months in a week. So you're in just meetings all day long and you're having to make changes to your plan. And the whole week before that, you were like cramming and trying to get the inputs from all these different people. So it's been, it's been hell at work for the last couple of weeks. So I got home every night last week and did not really watch much TV whatsoever. Um, I kind of just like came home and relaxed and just read stuff on Twitter or on Reddit or read a book. Um, you know, it was just, it, I didn't have a whole lot of time. And then I got to this weekend. And like I said, I spent all day Saturday um, watching nothing but college basketball all, all day and into the night. It was like a college football Saturday for me, but for basketball. And then Sunday, I spent all day Sunday just doing housework and chores and, you know, met up with my parents for a little bit. Um, and so by the time I got to like night, I just wasn't in the mood to watch a show. But it, I know, I know, I know. Um, I will get there. It, I, I am you with rings of power right now. Um, and I'm having to do my best in the ODB discord to kind of ignore the movie TV area because that's kind of become the um, honestly, it's become the the last of us uh, channel in the ODB discord. Yeah. So it's like, I'll say this, the last of us is probably the best show on right now and it's getting numbers like for hbo only second to like house of the dragon yeah it's it's from everything i'm hearing and seeing it's must see tv but i've done a good job of avoiding any spoilers yeah and I, this I've, last i've avoided it for this, one. this most recent episode is probably one of the best episodes of television like i've ever seen 
better than Andor? As as an individual episode, yes. So far with this show, do you like it more than Andor? Um, it's right on par with Andor. Like, wow. see, like I have more of a wow. Like, I have more of an attachment to the source material of Andor, but this is just. Did you watch? Did you watch Chernobyl on HBO? Yeah, I love that. I've 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 watched it like five times. So it's the yeah, it's the, it's Craig the same Mason, guy who same did guy, Chernobyl yeah. is the showrunner for The Last of Us. So you get that type of storytelling. Mm. But you also have the one of the co-creators of the game is the other showrunner. So you have the you know the dedication to the source material. So it's just like the the best of both worlds. I'm looking at you, uh, Dan and Dave. <laughs> um. One thing that I did do, though, is prepare for a piece of media um, that is coming soon. And I I did something, Matt, that I have not done in a very long time, and I pre-ordered a video game. Okay, what game was it? I pre-ordered Hogwarts Legacy. There's been a little bit of controversy. Are, Are you familiar with that, with that game? Yeah, everybody. There's controversy with everything that J.K. Rowling puts out. I, yeah, I, I enjoy Harry Potter, and uh, and I I stick to what Daniel Radcliffe said about the series as a whole, which is, um, don't let a creator of a piece of art affect how you feel about that piece of art. Um, J.K. Rowling got paid a bunch of money for the licensing of this video game. Uh, me buying it's not going to. Uh, me not buying it isn't going to affect her her bank account she's already a billionaire um so um i am i am a harry potter fan you know i know i would bet you george lucas isn't perfect either um, yeah but you won't be able to go online and uh and virtue signal <laughs> you do that yeah i mean my wife uh my wife is one of the biggest harry potter fans in the world i'm sure she's probably not even like she doesn't care about who jk rowling is as a person and is not a perpetually online yeah human being like I, I would probably surprise my wife to hear the things about jk rowling that a lot of people that, that she said and done because i just think my wife probably i mean she's probably aware but it's not th- something she thinks about on a day-to-day basis um she's she's very much not a social media person bless uh, bless her i don't know I, she lives a much better life than me um but like half the reason i'm excited to play this game is because it's going to be a game that i know my wife will want to sit there and watch with me and so um, no, I am not. I'm not mired down in the controversy around should you should you be purchasing media that that is built around the world that J.K. Rowling created. If J.K. Rowling's a bad person, um, I'm excited to play it. And I did, yes, pre-order the deluxe edition so that I could play it 72 hours early as well. Well, there you go. Well, I'm going to, for me personally, on on the video game front, I'm looking into buying a, trying to get my hands on a PS5. Yes. One. So I can play then, The Last of Us. That's really I want. The whole thing is I want to play. The I Last have a play. I need to play it. And then you and I can be you and I can be COD buddies. Yes. And then, um, but uh, any other media, uh, I haven't started the Bad Batch. I know that's that's going yeah, on. Yeah, we're gonna on. do that sometime. I think we'll do that summer. I think that's yeah. when we need to do that. So I haven't got. I haven't started that yet. Um, I'm kind of. I'm gonna. I'm pretty excited for the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that comes out in a few weeks. 
Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I think Wakanda Forever hits Disney Plus tomorrow, so I can finally tomorrow. get to see that. So, like, I've seen that. It's very good. Probably one of the best villains, quote unquote villains, next to like, I mean, Marvel's done pretty good recently, like Thanos. Um, and I think um, Namor is another good, like, villain who's a full, fully formed character, right? They're not just a comical, like, villain. Yeah, and I like what they're doing with Kang the Conqueror. I, I've I've told yeah. you I have a lot of Marvel fatigue. Yeah, I, I I'm starting to feel that wear off. Like now, when I heard that Wakanda Forever was coming to Disney Plus, I got excited, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go see the yeah. Ant Man movie. And Jonathan so, Majors absolutely is Kang the Conqueror. I'm super excited to see what he's going to do in the new movie. I love. Yeah, I loved him in the Loki. Show. Loki, yeah. Um, pretty soon you'll have Loki season two coming out. I think this year maybe. But anyway, you got um that's the next Marvel film. I don't know what the next Marvel series is gonna be. Maybe it is Loki <clears throat> that comes out, but yeah. But other than that, I'm not really like in on anything. Like I'm kind of like locked into the last of us right now. Did you see that they they announced the uh the title for the Batman sequel to the Robert Pattinson Batman? I did see that. Or well, I know that what uh, I didn't see the title. I knew I thought they were gonna do. So what I saw, yeah. So was... they they went in a really different direction with it. So like the first movie was just called the Batman, right? So they kind of went like back to the the comics and just it it was just the Batman. But they're they're kind of going in a weird direction with with the second part because they're calling it the Batman Part Two. Yeah, but <laughs> also it's like That's did you the watch the, the video like James Gunn's like whole like announcement of the dc universe yeah I, i've i've read a little bit about what they have coming out there but no i haven't seen any videos by james so Cohen. so he announced it he said like matt reeves batman those are outside of the main dc universe so they're like one-offs yeah like, that's not gonna be have, a part of yeah they're like not the part DC, of the main storyline yeah. so whatever like there's another batman film that they're gonna make that deals with like um Bruce Wayne and in the comics was is it Damian Wayne is that his son's name? Who pl- was also Robin. Mm, okay. And so that's like going to be like the main DCU Batman. The DC universe, yeah, it'll be. But like, it'll be, like it'll be interesting to see what Gunn does like there. Matt Reeves Batman operates outside of the main continuity, right? It, it's like it's like the movie, the joke. You know, it's like yeah, the Joker same movie. thing. He said he mentioned the Joker. Those things happen outside the continuity, but they're within. Like I think they called like maybe it's the they're in the family, but they're yeah, not. They're, like they're not in that universe timeline. or something like that. But um, I did. I I I have to be honest with you. I wasn't super like jacked up for like any of the announcements. No, no, I wasn't either. And I'm a big like like Batman's my favorite like comic book and comic book character. Easily, easily First comic movie I ever went to was Tim Burton Batman, and I'm just not really super stoked about the what the DC universe is doing right now. Yeah, Marvel just has it right, and it's it's it is they have set such a high bar for DC that I don't think it can be touched. I just don't think DC can can reach it. It's, well, I mean, you've tried to start it, right? 
And right now, Marvel's working on what, like 15 years of content, films, and you're 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 starting over. Yeah, this and the characters, over. the Marvel characters are now a part of the Zeitgeist. So there's a lot, there's and there's not the same so familiarity much. with a lot like DC characters. People know who Batman is, people know who Superman is, people know who Wonder Woman is, people know who Aquaman is. And yeah, I would bet you could throw stories. the flash. They've seen those stories. I mean, we've seen Batman's origin story. I don't know how many times in film. Right. And here's the other part of this. The MCU hasn't even touched the X-Men yet. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Like they started with like B characters and made them like superstars. Right. And now Iron Man and Thor were not, were not, you know, major characters, but now they are part of the, they are part of the fabric of our culture now. Yeah. And and now you're going to be like, oh, now we're going to bring in like 18 characters with you have the X-Men coming in. Right. So, yeah, I, I know I, it's going to be I'm excited to see DC try battles like this and rivalries like this is what ends up delivering great things for the consumer. I think we're going to get some fun movies out of it. But I think Marvel Marvel staked their claim to the kingdom and are going to hold on to that forever. Yeah, as long as you got. Kevin Feige, uh, man in the ship there, like they, they, well, that's the one thing you have the steady hand of like leadership that's knows what he wants to do. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe James is going to get there, but like I said, like some of the time, I mean, I probably, I didn't like the, the route they're going right now, but I mean, I do know James Gunn is a different cat than, than Kevin Feige. So he pulled off guardians of the galaxy, which was a group I had never in my life yes. heard of. Like and it, I knew who Iron Man was. I knew who Thor was like, I, I knew the majority of everybody, everything that was coming out with Marvel. And then when I saw the first like announcement that there was going to be something called guardians of the galaxy and I Googled it, same way. I have, I've never heard of any of these characters. I don't know what this group is like, never heard of these people. And he turned it into at what was at the time. It was probably my favorite Marvel movie. The first guardians of the galaxy was a hit. Yeah, it was so good. So, so yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. So absolutely, Matt. On on the non media side, more of the life side. Do you want to hear about what I did? I'm not even going to give you any more information than that. Like I've got something cool that is going to occur in my life, not this coming weekend, but the following. Absolutely, I want to hear. So I am. I am a. I'm a bit of a romantic, if I do say so myself, but uh, my wife is one of those people that likes to have things to look forward to. And I am a big person around surprises and planning things. Um, so I, I always like to think ahead for, for like holidays and think of like fun things that we could do. So I was like, okay, Valentine's Day is coming up. So I, I planned a nice little Saturday evening for us. I, I got us a nice hotel in downtown Houston. I got us tickets to the Houston Symphony, and I got us reservations at a pretty, a pretty solid little restaurant in downtown, so that we could just drive downtown Saturday. You know, get you know, drop the baby off with my parents. We go downtown, check into the hotel, change some nice clothes, walking distance to dinner, walking distance from there to the symphony, then walking distance back to the hotel. You know, wake up in the morning, have breakfast, that kind of thing. Just a, a good night out, um, you know, good, good fun date night. Well, if you remember during Christmas break, 
um, I had plans to, to come up and see you for your birthday. My car broke down and I was not able to go. Uh, my wife felt bad that I couldn't and was like, hey, you should look into, you know, if you really, really want to go see your friends, um, look into renting a car. And so I started looking around at car rentals and I found this app called Toro. Um, this is not promoted in any way. I'm just telling a story. Uh, but I found oh, this app I called Toro. Excited. <laughs> but I, I found this app called Toro and it's basically like it's basically like peer to peer rental cars. So like you could take your car. And you could put it on Turo and it's like Airbnb. Like somebody could be like, I need a car in Waco, you know, on this date for these hours. And you could say, sure, 50 bucks. And then they come pick up your car, they drive it around and then they return it to you. Um, So I went on that app and I started just like looking around and there is like tons of like really cool options on there. So like supercars a lot of fun stuff like that and so my wife and i were kind of joking about like i should rent like a mercedes amg gt and drive that to waco that kind of thing um so i planned all this for my wife she was excited and then i thought i was like hey as a treat for me and kind of for you what if i rented us a really cool car to drive downtown and she was like you know what you you did you planned everything i'm excited i have something to look forward to get get a cool car for the night so I I rented for 24 hours on Saturday the 11th um a a Porsche 718 Boxster which is which is it's a baby Porsche it's like the entry level Porsche but it's still a badass Porsche and I get to drive that for 24 hours Saturday after next Look at you. Yeah, I am a planning I, and I'm excited fancy for a fake holiday that no one should celebrate, but good for you. It's, it's it, I don't care if it's fake holiday. It's an excuse to have fun. That's the way I look at it. Hey, because when I it. need a bait, like if, if I need a babysitter, right? Like if I call my mom on a random Saturday or I call Kelly's mom and I'm like, Hey, can you watch Teddy? The first, the first question is like, well, what do you guys have going on? Why do we need to do this? If I say, Hey, I want to take Kelly out for Valentine's day. Every like, the the grandparents are immediately like oh my god that's so sweet yes i'll watch it <laughs> it's just a fun excuse to do things it what are you gonna do for your wife on valentine's you're right you're way ahead of me what are you gonna do for what for valentine's for your wife oh um i haven't really, really thought about it <laughs> but um you've got now you've got, a, you've got a week and something. a half or two weeks Luckily, she doesn't listen to the show, so I don't have to live up to your standards. <laughs> but yeah, we'll think of something. Take her to the um, Waco Symphony. How long? How many? How long have you married? Uh it'll be four uh, four years, four and a half years. It'll be five this year. How long have you been together? Mm, eight years. Okay, so I'm working on eighteen over here. So it's a yeah. little, it changes. Things change over time, Joe. <laughs> Love like, doesn't change, Matthew. A, like sometimes it's like, yo, can we just have a night without anyone asking us for anything? Like without like our kids are at the age now to where like, yeah, can, that's why you that's why you use Valentine's. We don't it's a date night, man. He's you... like, hey, we'll be back in three hours. Yeah, you can just leave your kids at home. Just do that. It's Saturday the 11th. Say, honey, I'm taking you out to Valentine for Valentine's. Go take your like Diamondbacks. Yeah, 
Well, we are going soon after that. Like we're going to, I'm taking her to Louisiana, back to her home state for uh, Mardi Gras. So we're doing that after. Oh, there the you go. There you go. See, really yeah, you're, you're Mr. Romantic. Don't, do don't act like you're not. Are you bringing the, are you bringing the girls or is it just you and the wife? No, we're bringing the girls. Gotcha. Okay. Cause they, uh, they uh, are just as excited about it as anyone. Are you going to Lafayette or are you going to New Orleans? No, we're going to Lafayette. We're, I mean, I we're going to Lafayette just because New Orleans is probably not as family friendly. No, not as not, uh, uh, Mardi Gras. It is. <laughs> so uh, we thought about it. They were like, "Well, it's probably not the best for children." But so yeah, so we're going. They're going to visit friends. We're going to go and have a good time. It's a good. I mean, Lafayette has a good. Everywhere does good parades. It's a good food. So yeah. I guess if you wanted a bigger city, you could just, it's not that far to Baton Rouge anyway. For sure. For sure. And every, I mean, some of the best parades I've been to have been like the small, small towns, like in South Louisiana, where like, it's like wild. You're like Homa. Yeah. Or like, uh, there's one town called like Mamu. They do like crazy stuff, like chasing chickens. It's like wild. (laughs) I love that state. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Joe, that's pretty much all I got for today. Uh, where can people find you if they want to uh, see more of your content? You could find me at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman um, on Twitter. You can also find me posting stuff on rdailybears.com. Um, had a nice little article come out today around uh, around the Big 12 schedule release. Um, and we've got some fun stuff planned that will be happening throughout the off season. So check us out there. You can also find the podcast at thebeardandpod.com. Matt. What about you and our wonderful partners? We can find me at Matt underscore Workman. And you can definitely check out the network at the Pigskin Pod. And check out some of the other uh, podcasts they have available. And maybe you're, you know, they have a bunch of NFL stuff, hockey things. So um, yeah, I think they've got a podcast for every NFL team. Yeah. And when I was looking through their, their college list, like they had... Uh, you know, if you're if you're inclined, they had Texas, they had Texas A&M, they had Alabama. I know there was a Nebraska one, I think. I think I saw an Ohio State one. Um, so we're we an, we're really joining a group of really good podcasts. Absolutely. Well, Joe, until next time. Six, Six Bears. Bears. <laughs>